0: i am brian We, as always are zach and vince we're going to talk about the dc comics being released on the 18th of september 2019 uh but first zach wanted to talk about the suicide squad casting news uh james gunn is about to start production on the suicide squad the cleverly titled sequel to suicide squad and um not since Fast and Furious, the sequel to The Fast and the Furious, has there been a more cleverly titled sequel in all of Hollywood. Well, don't
1: don't you know that's like where all the DC movies are just going to start going now? You've you've got you've got the Batman, and is Joker the Joker, or is it just? Joker? I think it's just Joker. Okay, well, the sequel will be the Joker. Right. Um, the third Wonder Woman movie will be the Wonder Woman. Right. Um, It's just how they're going to do it now. Was it Man Uh, of
0: Steel or The Man of Steel?
1: Dang, I can't. I think it was Man of Steel, but if there ever was a sequel, it would have been The Man of Steel. Steel. Yeah, Yeah. definitely, definitely. Um, Looking forward to
2: The Watchmen. Yeah. (laughs) Um.
1: Yeah, so over the weekend, or I think it was on Friday, actually, James Gunn tweeted out uh, a cast list for the movie. And it has some returning uh, names, Jai Courtney, Margot Robbie, Viola Davis, uh, etc. But um, a lot of rumors that had been swirling around got confirmed. Um, Nathan Fillion, Sean Gunn, Taika Waititi, Peter Capaldi, Pete Davidson, Michael Rooker, John Cena, Idris Elba. Yeah, yeah. Well, those are all just names that I had seen in rumors beforehand. But then, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I hadn't seen John Cena before, but he's on there. Um, I don't uh, recognize a lot of the other names, and that might just be my. Um, ignorance does does anyone else stand out as someone you guys are familiar with that i I didn't mention
0: i just think it's wild that we're gonna have john cena and pete davidson co-starring in a movie together (laughs) who had that on the bingo card
1: no yeah yeah which is funny this thing is almost laid out like a bingo card um yeah it it the like james gunn effect on this movie is kind of interesting
2: um, I I mean I'm interested. I can't. I don't. I don't even like comic book movies, and I'm I'm vaguely interested in this.
0: Well, you you yeah. still haven't seen the. You still haven't seen Suicide Squad, have you? I have not. No. Okay, so we have to do a commentary on that before this one comes out.
2: Oh no. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, all right. But I'm going in fresh. I will not have seen the movie before we do it.
0: That's fine. That'll be yeah. wonderful. Uh, there's
1: a, there's one key name missing from this cast list will smith no we already know is, that that is that but no not not will smith but close jaden smith
2: <laughs> jada jada pinkett willow smith
1: yes <laughs> will will smith <laughs> <laughs> what's, uh, what's the name jared leto
2: oh yeah it's true no dang twisted joker what if john cena's the new joker oh man he's the he's the third joker
0: Hustle, loyalty, and chaos. <laughs> uh. um, Steve Agee uh, is on the list. I forgot to mention him. Uh, yep. Comedian, Steve, very tall comedian, Steve Agee. Yep, it's a, it's a bonkers list.
1: It's it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, yeah I am intrigued to see it. in in the theater. We'll see.
0: Yeah. It's also, it's clear from looking at the cast list how many people from Marvel basically said, we'll do whatever you do next. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. (laughs) Michael Rooker, I mean, his brother, Mm -hmm. Sean Gunn, Taika Waititi, those are all pools. Idris Elba is a pool. Um, I think that's all. But, but
0: yeah, Definitely. Did we talk about the, the new Suicide Squad comic last time? I think we did, right? We uh, we we broke uh, the news. muted, yeah. Like, we yeah. Uh, we had the exclusive, actually. Yeah, <laughs> for a show that wasn't released ten days <laughs> after we had the exclusive. But yeah, yeah, so.
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, I mean, look, there is nothing about a, a theoretical sequel to the Suicide Squad movie we got that should make me excited at all but this cast and James Gunn does get me excited
1: it's interesting like i i don't want to it feels like dc is course correcting here a little bit i don't know if it'll pay off but it does feel like there's been a bit of a sea change
0: i mean it's also hard to tell even the way that this is laid out like the the visual structure of it reminds me a little bit of a guardians of the galaxy poster. Uh Uh-huh. And so I, I wonder how much of it is course correction versus just like blatant trying to do what what MCU did. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Although I, I will say that the logo I think is kind of mirroring like the 80s suicide squad logo.
0: It is absolutely. Um,
1: so, I don't know. We'll see.
0: I have been, when I was looking at the list, I was trying to figure out, like, why it was listed in the order. It listed. Because it's not alphabetical. And it's not ordered in, like, top billing. Mm-mm. So, I'm just trying to figure out if there is any method to this.
1: Yeah, and and I would like the implication in the tweet too, and it seems like with the tone of what this movie is going to have, is a lot of these may be just like glorified cameos, honestly.
0: Oh, like I, I firmly am convinced, like John Cena, uh, Michael Rooker, Pete Davidson, and Peter Capaldi will all be killed in the first scene. Right,
1: right, <laughs> like, um, much like we're kind of hoping Tom Taylor Suicide Squad will. It yes. seems like this is really going to play into the name, um. Yes. So, and that's interesting. I mean, we'll see.
0: Yeah. All right, well, let's dig into the comics. Uh, First up this week, we have Aquaman number 52, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, illustrated by Robinson Roca. There are a couple of interesting things about this comic, but Zach, you're the one who voted to talk about it. So why don't you start us off?
1: Well, I really only voted to talk about it so that we wouldn't talk about Batman, so (laughs) it's not that I necessarily had a lot to say about it. Um, But I will uh, leave you with some of my thoughts. I thought uh, that Aquaman looked a lot like Wolverine in that first page. He's doing, like, a a great Wolverine pose. Um, Yeah. aqualad is a gamer a tabletop gamer um yep. and yep. he's rising up in this issue um <laughs> um I, I love i loved his uh dual dual blades yeah the water bearers i mean he's very cool mm, very he's always great great cool. addition to this book yeah 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 long overdue um I am still like I continue to be befuddled by this book, but I I still enjoy it quite a bit. I was sad that this issue had no mirror. Um,
0: what about this book is currently befuddling you?
1: It's just uh just the the overall direction of it. It it feels like very meandering. like, like I that, guess sure. like like the, the the like culmination of this issue is the return of this hundreds year old lovecraft stand-in hmm. and, and I'm just left wondering what 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 bearing does that have on where this story is going
2: yeah yeah I see what you're saying it's 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 just been really good, so I don't care.
0: Yeah. That, that yeah. was what I was going to yeah. say, yeah. yeah.
1: Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I am consistently enjoying it, but I... Um, it doesn't necessarily feel like it has a clear direction.
0: That's fair. I mean, it. we also have to realize that there was a first arc that happened that tonally was so different than this.
1: Well, and that's a part of it too, really, is that, yeah, we, I mean, we've, we've had two arcs so far, two-ish arcs with very little, like, not that they haven't had continuity, but they're not.
0: Not a ton of connective tissue.
1: Right, right. Especially
0: tonally. You know, those characters have shown up here, but the book felt totally different. Sure. In that first arc. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I thought this issue did a good job you know a theme we tend to see quite often is a young hero sort of losing their first person on their watch mm-hmm. and sort of how they deal with that with those emotions and that reality <clears throat> and I thought that this issue did a nice job with that it showed the intensity there but it didn't overplay it
2: yeah that was a really well done scene the art really helped sell that too. I think, um, Robson Roka is back to doing some kind of career work on this book. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was an issue or two that there's a, there's a little bit of a dip, but what are you going to do? That's modern comics.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think he, he pairs really, really well with Sunny go.
2: Mm, Yes. Yeah. The colors are beautiful in this thing. Um, yeah I also like uh, another recurring theme on our show is when the cover basically has nothing to do with what's inside <laughs> the book yep um and and well well, the mecha Manta technically does appear in this book, it doesn't appear anywhere near Arthur <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs>
0: that that's part of the the maybe the weirdness of this book too that you're feeling Zach because. Not only have the two arcs been so different tonally, but even within the issue, there there are these, like, Manta backups lately that have been very different. And so, you know, there's just, there's really not any consistency throughout this book. Uh, And not necessarily in a bad way, just it is is a very fragmented book right now. Mm -hmm. Any other notes on this?
1: Uh, no, I'm, I mean, I'm intrigued. I will keep following this.
2: Uh, I do have, I have one last thing. I, I thought it was interesting. Um, kind of the, the backstory behind what's going on at this, uh, uh, the lighthouse that they're trying to to put these sea god characters in, you know, uh, the, the backstory there is that a writer named uh, Tristram Maurer, Maurer that used to be his like home or something, or he hold up there. He was held up there for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were a fantasy writer, who now it appears, in sort of a Lovecraftian fashion, their creations are coming to life, which is a really similar plot point to remember. There was a character in Dan Abnett's uh, Titans Run. That yes. was a yes. that was a fantasy writer whose like works were coming to life or whatever.
0: It was called or, like the unworld, right?
2: Something like that. Yeah. I think that's really interesting that not in a good or bad way, that this is a very similar plot point to that. And Abnett yeah. used to write Aquaman too, yeah. which is like really strange too. But I'm 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 definitely not saying anyone is ripping anybody off because well, that's I- that's not the most, that's not like an original idea by any means anyway.
1: Sure. Well, I if, was going to say, I even read that a little differently. Oh, okay. Um, like I, I read that as he was a writer who was maybe writing about real things that happened to him. And, oh,
2: okay. And okay. like, he
1: has been gone. Like, I, I wonder if like this, the lighthouse breaking was symbolic of something. And that's what led to him returning. Like maybe he has been trapped in this you know eldritch dimension for this whole time but but that the things he was writing about were really happening
2: okay all right yeah i don't know if i read that wrong or if it's just a matter of interpretation
1: no i think it could be like maybe we'll find out i feel like right now we know so little that like you could read it any number of ways i was just gonna say like that that was how i kind of had read it
0: mm-hmm. well let's jump on over to inferior five number one written by jeff lemire and keith giffen illustrated by keith giffen with a backup written illustrated by jeff lemire um i can't believe this book exists <laughs> this is such a weird book for so many reasons so first of all this takes place kind of in the real world because there are DC Comics. But also within the fiction of DC Comics. <laughs> because the Invasion story happened here.
1: Right.
2: They're fake DC Comics, though. <laughs>
0: Excuse me. But they're also
1: real ones. Well, I
2: yes, but was there an issue 37 of Invasion?
1: No, but no. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that Invasion number 3 was the 37th issue of the crossover. Oh,
2: is that right? Okay, okay.
1: I saw that there was a list and there were 38 issues in the crossover, and the last one was a Blastar special.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, alright. Because of course it was. Uh, um,
1: and so I want, like, that number 37 is just so weirdly specific for it to, like, I, I wonder. I kind of want to go flip through Invasion number 3 and see if those panels are in
0: that issue. Much Jeff Miller like, is just a big uh, Kevin Smith fan. My, yeah.
2: Much like uh x-men and inferno zach you have to go and read invasion
1: i i I honestly like i have it queued up right now like when i find the time i probably will i i'm now gauge the quality of a modern comic by how much it makes me want to go back and read old comics
2: yeah
0: yeah that's actually that's that's pretty good zach i like that um, I, i'm
1: half joking but i
0: in practice it is the truth <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: so let, let's start with with the artwork here i don't think this looked particularly i mean there were definitely panels that looked really Giffen-y, but this didn't seem to be as uh as classic of a giffen visual piece as i would have thought and i wonder how much that has to do with the fact that he was being inked and colored by someone else.
2: Well, it's almost like halfway between Giffen and Jeff Lemire. Even right, though, which is
0: really interesting, yeah.
2: Yeah, even though Lemire didn't have anything to do with the art. Yeah. Until, yeah. The, ba- until the backup.
0: Yeah. Well, and I
1: also wonder if, if it's because, like, most recent Giffen that we've seen has been, like, Giffen aping Kirby. Sure. Oh, sure, um, yeah, yeah. And, and like this, um, like I actually, I, I did flip through, uh, invasion number one today. Um, and, and there, I feel like there is some continuity in the style. I wonder if he's like trying to capture that again. I, I, I will say that that was, that felt a lot more detailed. Like his work in invasion mm-hmm. was a lot more detailed and like ridiculously so. Um even more impressive that that issue was 80 pages. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but, but I kind of wonder if he's trying to capture that style.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying it was bad artwork by any means. It just doesn't, it, it, it doesn't to me ring like classic Giffen mm-hmm. here. Right. Uh, real quickly on page 8 of our PDF, did you guys mm-hmm. notice that the the dad is Henry Rollins?
2: Uh... Page 8 of our PDF.
3: <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, it is, isn't yeah. it? Ah, <laughs> that's funny. I wonder what the hell he pulled that reference for.
0: Yeah. He's a big fan of the first Rollins Band LP, probably. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, who among us is not? Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, so first of all, this is a very weird comic. <laughs> um, yeah. It involves a comic book store owner who just spits blood all the time. Um, well,
2: and is named Vlad. So is right. that like, is that, is is he a Dracula?
0: Right. I, he might be a Dracula. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but like, there's just, this comic is, I mean, even we were given like a pretty bizarre pitch for what this comic was. And I feel like this is even weirder than the pitch we were given. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, and while I certainly the pitch we were given, even Uh, Jesus, even yeah, Um, (laughs) yeah, this I would really happy with himself. Yeah, he is. He's very pleased. Uh, I would say that this first (laughs) issue is more interesting than good.
2: I think I liked it more than you, but I re- that's a really good way to put it, I think.
0: I didn't dislike it. It's just, there's a lot of stuff here that's, there are a lot of interesting elements, but I think it didn't necessarily coalesce all that well. And yes, it's just the first issue. I'm not writing off this series by any means. It just, uh, yeah. Well, it's, <sighs> I'm so really in. Intru-
2: I'm really intrigued about where it's going. And I I think this issue's one problem is that it's called Inferior 5. And you don't... I mean, you you kind of see the Inferior 5 coming together, but not in any recognizable Inferior 5 form.
1: I've got a theory.
2: Well, okay, what's your theory?
1: Well, so... I wonder if it's a, like, double entendre.
2: That they're because, not going to actually be the...
1: Well, I think there there could be five of them, but also, like, there are multiple fives mentioned in this issue, and he, this kid is 5.6. So it could also be, like, the inferior five. The, the
2: inferior number five of whatever yeah. this
1: five-person team
2: but we're still gonna or, or, no, no, like, they, or they, like... he is
0: he is the first non-inferior is that what you're saying zach like or, there were I mean, five maybe, inferiors before him
1: yeah yeah like there there are there have been a series of inferior number fives ah uh,
2: i see what you're saying yes
1: yeah i like that
2: um i i just think like the book is not clear about what the story is yet. Oh,
1: no, it's not at all. <laughs> and other than it's like a it's like an an invasion sequel, which.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which again, I, I liked it. Like, I kind of liked it for sure. But.
1: But, it but yeah, reminded me of Future's End somehow. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know why. I mean, Giffen was obviously involved,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, oh, it was Giffen and Lemire. Yeah, you're right. Right. Can I actually go back? I'm I'm sorry.
2: Wait, that's Fifty Sue. One of those characters is Fifty (laughs) Sue. Oh
0: fuck you! Not not really. No. Um, What is? Can I actually say one thing that I wanted to to bring up with Aquaman? I totally forgot. It's a small point, and it means nothing. But I think you guys will appreciate it, which is that that issue was totally Kelly Sue trolling Tom King on how to use. Outside text to frame an issue. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's all. Um, inferior Five.
2: Yeah, Inferior Five. Um, I, I, I liked it, and I'm I'm intrigued to see where the next few issues go. And the backup is great. the The Peacemaker yes. backup is awesome. Uh, I I think I would just have trouble selling this to anybody not me you know what i mean like if i oh, right yes. if, I, if i had to go to explain if i had to explain to our listeners why they should pick this up and read it i i really can't <laughs> i mean i'm intrigued by it a little but but even even as a sequel to invasion if you happen to be a big fan of invasion even then this first issue doesn't quite Uh, It's just, it
1: doesn't, we don't know what this is yet. (laughs) You know, you know what this actually makes me think of? What's that? It it is, this feels like it could have or should have been a young animal book.
2: Hmm. Ooh. That's interesting.
1: Um, I think tonally it fits that. Uh, also, the way that it kind of falls in and out of continuity fits that. Yeah. Uh, the the way it uses a, a backup feature plays into that.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a good call, Zaki boy. Yeah.
2: Um, the metatextuality of it, um, it really it really does feel there. There are elements of it that feel like a Jeff Lemire like Vertigo book, like. Yeah. Like the the,
0: the, the, the nursery the to- rhyme thing. Well, I was
2: thinking like the town, just the the isolation of the town, and and of this main character who's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the loneliness, the loneliness yeah. that takes up much of this issue is very like uh, Essex County.
1: Yeah, small town rural is very much Lemire's, you know, bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um Yeah, again, I didn't dislike this issue, but I did sort of feel like I don't really understand a thing that's happening uh outside of like every scene makes internal sense, right? But I don't get I don't really understand the overall plot of it just yet. Um mm-hmm. And that's okay. But I I am I'm going to I'm going going to excitedly read the future issues. Um mm-hmm. Well let's talk about that Peacemaker backup for a minute. Man, when is the last time we got Jeff Lemire Interiors in In a DC proper book? Yeah. Animal Man? Did he do some Animal Man? I didn't he do one of the like one of the fill in issues? I can't remember actually. I'm looking, this up. I'm looking this up I know he did covers for some of Animal Man he did that one was it a rip hunter story in one of the anthologies yeah he did do that I think but I don't think that was within con- was that the one written by Damon Lindelof actually oh, man Brian I don't
1: know oh. Yeah, yeah. He drew a Rip Hunter story for Time Warp Number One,
0: which was written by Damon Lindelof. Good pull. Thank you. All right. So let's look. I'm on his comic book DB page here. Um, here Interior. Yeah, he did uh, issue twenty nine of Animal Man. He did issue number three of Batman Superman in twenty thirteen. I don't remember that at all.
1: Yeah, me either.
0: see he did uh, do, 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 do. yeah I think that might be the last interiors he did for DC which is crazy I'm looking up this Batman Superman number three. Oh, you know what, there, there were there were multiple stories in this issue, and he did, like, it looks like a backup in that issue of Batman and Superman, which, again, I don't mm. remember at all.
1: Yeah, I don't either, actually. That um, was the
0: Greg Pak written series.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, and I actually don't think he's been doing much art in his creator-owned stuff, even outside of, like, some... Covers.
0: He's been doing a bunch of graphic novels. Like he has one coming out this week called Frog Catchers. That's right.
1: Okay. I, I was thinking more in like lines of his like dark horse and image stuff. Um, I didn't think about that.
0: Yeah. I think ever since Royal City wrapped up, he pretty much I think he had said in an interview with me that he was gonna focus like primarily on when if he was doing art it was going to be for OGNs for now. Mm-hmm. That he liked sort of the long form thing. So, but yeah, uh, I did want to point out that there is one panel. I'm trying to find the page in our PDF for the backup. Um, it's uh it's on page 23, where we see like Jeff Lemire's version of the mid 80s Justice League. Mm. So we get Hawkgirl, Firestorm, Martian Manhunter, Captain Adam, and Fire. Mm-hmm. And that just makes me want a Jeff Lemire Justice League draw, <laughs> book drawn by you know by Lemire. Well, you
1: know what this this did make me want like for real. What's that? A, a Jeff Lemire Checkmate book.
0: Ah. Uh huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A
2: Jeff Lemire, anything really is yes. fine.
1: <laughs> well, I will like temper that, but I have not like traditionally loved Lemire's uh, big two stuff outside yeah. of like some of animal man and superboy um, but if, so. if they let him if they let him draw some of it it would be good oh it definitely would be good yeah, yeah. um
2: I love like the the visual storytelling technique that he uses on that page too mm-hmm. with the panel going across his yep. forehead and then the one under his eyes mm-hmm, mm-hmm nicely done this this book more than anything makes me wish that dc would do more books that use times past or major events as like jumping off points for other books yes yes see that's okay you know how last week we talked about how uh DC editorial is coming up with a timeline for the DCU. Yes, yes. I so wish they would use that official timeline to also somehow tell stories within the gaps. You couldn't do too yeah. much of it because you wouldn't want to mess up things in the future, you know, but there's so many times where there are characters that are not seen in certain eras. And I would love to know what they were doing during certain eras of DC's right, history, you right, know?
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Right. Well, at that or to also use like past events as springboard vo- string boards for new stories, because DC has been pretty adamant about, unless it's a crisis, it pretty much gets relegated to the void, you know, mm-hmm. it never referenced again. Or if it is, it's done very like vaguely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that's kind of the fun of comics is how long running and 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 their kind of histories. and I feel like that's something that Marvel has traditionally handled much better is harkening back to and building on stories from you know thirty, forty, fifty years ago.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You'll occasionally see something referenced. Almost like here, where, like the kid's dad was killed during the invasion. Very, well, that's what I'm. That's but, what
1: I'm like. I feel like this is kind of the outlier, though, for DC. No, but what I was gonna it's, say is
0: that occasionally you will see something referenced, an event referenced in that way. Like, uh, yeah,
1: but like no, no one's like writing stories that reference like legends now, not no, even no. vaguely. That's what I. That's what I mean. Or yeah. like Final Night, or or.
0: You're referencing all stuff I've read this summer, so uh, let's say, or um, <laughs> Genesis, which was garbage.
1: Yeah, or or even like, eh, I guess it's maybe because honestly, this is like a big difference between Marvel and DC. I would say is that DC Marvel is more uh, time oriented, whereas DC plays more into alternate universes not that Marvel doesn't go all in on alternate universes as well, but that's like DC's bread and butter is Elseworlds. Whereas Marvel is more having this kind of, um, this kind of creeping timeline that it advances sort of, but more or less keeps everything intact. Like everything happened to some degree unless it gets
0: retconned.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Well, we're going to be talking about a book in a little while that basically references an entire event, but references it in a way that hasn't happened yet. Um, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but first, let's take a break and when we come back, we'll talk about um,
1: Subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show.
0: And we are back to talk about Justice League, number 32, written by Scott Snyder and James Tynion Fourth, illustrated by Howard Porter. Uh, so this issue, we get uh, sort of the, the, the three stories. We have the present with Lex and uh, Perpetua going after the Anti Monitor. We get the JSA Justice League team up, the first one ever, as we were told last week. And then we get the Commandy Justice Legion A and Trinity team up as well. Um, I'm a fan of Howard Porter, but this issue hurts from not having Jorge Jimenez draw it.
3: Yeah.
1: It does, but I almost feel like Porter is a really great choice for a very, like, crisis-heavy book. Not that Porter ever actually worked on a crisis book, but there's something about his style that feels... I mean, he's very classic. Mm-hmm. Um especially i especially felt it in all of the like two page spreads that were Mm -hmm. set in the future Mm -hmm. yes
2: yeah where the justice legions facing off with the with the justice league and
3: Mm -hmm.
2: yes yeah definitely definitely so what'd you guys think of Um,
3: this
2: issue oh it was so much fun uh brainiac one million you guys yes (laughs) speaking of referencing events um, I, I think there was a lot of great character work up front in this one, especially between the Flashes and the Green Lanterns, and um, and all that. But I thought the ending was just banger after banger, like the Anti Monitor sides with Justice. The Anti Monitor <laughs> sides with Justice. The Brainiac One Million thing, the Aquaman uh, fake heel turn face turn. You know, we were worried yep. that. Uh, I mean, they could always flip us, flip it around on us again. But last issue, it kind of seemed like it was something sinister, and then this issue, he's here to save the day, and that goes right into the anti-monitor part. off oh, so the, the last like five or six pages of this thing are just
1: oh man, the the totality merges with the whirlog. Yes, <laughs> yep.
2: I was uh, I was I was quite excited,
0: aroused even. <laughs> rock hard oh um
1: this book is crazy, and we've still got six issues left wow. of the doom justice war at least well i think I think the latest solicit said that issue thirty eight was the conclusion of the of the story
0: okay, wow. Now, the one thing I did want to say, too, is what I loved about this issue is that you could tell that Snyder and Tynion are such like students of D.C. history, because even in the Justice Legion stuff, you see them interact with our man who traveled back in time and was sort of JSA adjacent in the late 90s. And so Mm -hmm. the Justice Society has a thread going through there and you see the descendant of Starman there. Mm-hmm. And so they're even though they're telling stories set in two different time frames, there really is a nice a nice amount of crossover between them. Mm-hmm. And it just shows how uh, timeless certain DC tropes are.
1: Yeah, I still need to finish d c one million one day.
0: Uh, I'm actually reading just the miniseries. And the couple issues that Captain Marvel f- uh, appears in tomorrow. So for my column. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, anything else? It, it, this issue was great. I don't have too much specifically to say about it.
1: Um, do, really quick, do we want to talk about, uh, You use this to plug our most anticipated book of the year? Uh, lay it on us uh, You're the villain Hell arisen
3: <laughs>
2: I had no idea what you were going to say Well yeah,
1: it's same. funny Vince that you respond With laughter particularly Ha
3: <laughs>
1: Because the joke is on you
2: <laughs> You couldn't see it But some of the letters in my laughing Were red
1: Yeah with second. like black, yeah. black, uh, the the speech bubbles were black.
0: Yeah, some yeah, you barely legible. Are, are <laughs> you talking to Vince here or the podcaster who laughs?
1: Oh, he's been infected.
2: <laughs> uh, I do have an
0: STD. Yes. <sighs> oh, leaving that one alone. <laughs> leaving that one alone. Uh yeah, I mean, this is super fun. I'm enjoying these issues quite a bit. Uh I'm the only reason I'm kind of okay not saying too much more about this is because I have so much to say, about the next two books we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let's, let's get go. let's get to the first one. Um we're going to talk about Lex Luthor Year of the Villain number 1. Written by Jason Latour, illustrated by Brian Hitch. And, uh, you know, Hitch is a guy that I think all of us always had a certain amount of respect for. But is it just me, or has the last year or year and a half been the best work Hitch has done in quite some time? Like, think about his his, his Hawkman run and then this. Yeah. 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 I, I think so. Yeah. This was an amazing uh, issue, guys. Uh,
2: what do we have to do to get Jason Latour writing more DC work?
1: I we, don't know. You have to, somehow.
2: <laughs> yeah, this was really great. Um, the concept, really high concept stuff, very different from any of these other uh, Year of the Villain books so far. Um, we'll, we'll get into that high concept, I'm sure, in depth in a little bit. But um Really great dialogue, too. Like, I feel like he nails Lex Luthor and the way that he thinks and the way that he talks.
0: Just absolutely nails it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically, in this comic, Lex is traveling across the multiverse with a younger version of himself. Killing off and absorbing... All of the other Lex Luthors, he is absorbing them. Right, that was what that device was doing. It wasn't just destroying them.
1: I thought he was just killing them. Oh, okay. But I don't know.
0: That's I don't think it really thought. matters. Um, um,
1: well, it called the ending calls everything into question. I think.
0: Yes, okay. maybe.
1: But, uh, yeah, I I really want to um run through the earths here okay because this is so fun um so the first earth we have is earth 38 and that's where he picks up this young lex which um for those who don't know uh earth 38 first appeared in countdown arena number two of course um The citizens of Gotham and Metropolis have learned to rely on Superman and Batman at all times whenever villainous foes pose a threat to peace and prosperity. They are constant. They are eternal. Uh, So it seems like a world where the uh, mantle of Batman and Superman just gets passed down on and on.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: So that's the first Earth we get to what comes up next Zach
1: so then we got Earth 45 which uh, first appeared in Morrison's action comics and that's the one with uh, Super Doom the living brand
0: (laughs) so brilliant
1: which of course you do yep (laughs) Um, not the only uh, Morrison Superman creation to come out this week but we're not going to talk about the other one (laughs) Um, um,
2: Super, super obama is in a dc comics issue that we did not talk about today yep
1: yep and i i love like i love latour's uh like bruce monologue in this oh the bruce monologue is so good and i don't know if you noticed but the bruce in this doesn't have a bat symbol on his chest. He has a W. Yep. For Wayne. No, no, no. Because
0: no, no. <laughs> he he's a, branded. He has, he has a bat, too. No, look at it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong page. I was moving on to the next Earth already. Sorry. My bad. Yes, you're right.
1: Which I think this is the first time we have, would have ever seen that Bruce. So, like, that was, a that I think, Latour and, and Hitch creation there. So, clever on him. Um but yeah, I, I just love it. Like, Super Doom gets... Uh, the the brand dies and gets uh, bought by LexCore. <laughs> and rebooted. It's brilliant. Um, which we'll get more on that later. Then we go to Earth-32, which is an amalgam Earth. Um, which it looks like previously had, like, a Batman... Um, like a Batman Green Lantern analog like the the in Blackest Night
0: Elseworlds. Okay.
1: Um but here we have like a weird Lex Bruce Amalgam.
0: Yeah. Which I loved so much.
1: So much fun and like playing him against the like Martian Kalel. Yeah. And just like having him communicate through him with telepathy like that. This would make a great comic by itself, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, so I want to read it. this. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> his Alfred analog wears Superman cape.
3: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: don't know why. Um, yeah. Do you guys have anything else to say about that?
2: Uh No.
0: No, you're, um, you're doing great you're just, okay okay keep, keep going here buddy
1: um so so the rebooted uh super doom comes to fight uh the martian kal and he's now doom thor which is
0: great everything about this very is good. so much fun
1: very very good it's all good um then we get earth one that's wild it's very weird um which, are like, okay, so I only ever read the first volume of Superman Earth One. Have either of you guys read the other ones?
2: No, just the first.
0: Okay. I read the first volume of Teen Titans Earth One. Okay.
1: Well, so, like, the interesting thing about Earth One, and I feel, I think Morrison kind of alluded, to, he has alluded to this both in Multiversity and recently even in Green Lantern, the Green Lantern, that, Earth One is this like weird universe that doesn't have a concrete uh, continuity because it is actually made up of all the different Earth One graphic novels that aren't in continuity with each other. Um and so I wondered if this was like building off of the Superman One um, with with this Lex and there's something that happens here. And I feel like it's supposed to go with the payoff at the end of the issue, but I didn't quite put those two together. Do, do you guys have thoughts on that? Or do you want to wait until we get to the end of the issue?
0: Yeah, let's do that. I, just, I do want to say that um, it's clear that the Lex Luthor on Earth-1 is drawn here to be Jason Latour. <laughs> like, I, I, having met Jason a number of times, this is totally brian hedge drawing jason latour okay
3: (laughs) nice
0: (laughs) jason latour we should say also one of the nicest people in all of comics is he yes he is
1: (laughs) oh but you know what (laughs) what no no never mind that wouldn't make sense never mind i do wonder if this clark is, is is that supposed to be clark is he old clark the one who's like talking and narrating in the this one who's section. Talking
0: about the uh, the black, um, the black mercy. Black mercy? I yeah. yeah, I don't know. I no,
1: we
2: can't be. No, because there's no, no excuse for what be.
0: Superman yeah, did. Because he's yeah. talking,
1: he's talking about Superman. So yeah, I don't know who that's supposed to be. Maybe that's supposed to be like Perry or something. I don't know. Um, but keeping going, keeping on Earth 50, um, is that the Commandy universe? Uh, I no no no. So Earth 50 first appeared in Batman Beyond Universe Number Nine. One tragic event forever changed the course of history on Earth 50. President Lex, Lex Luther publicly and personally executed the Flash. Superman, tormented by what Luther had done, took violent retribution using his heat vision to murder his longtime nemesis. Wow. Did not know. About that, but that makes sense. The statue of Lex uh, in the style of Lincoln. Um, Not much to go on there. It's interesting that they. I guess it's just to show that he was a big deal. Um, 44. c44 riveting radio i know
2: yeah i planned to write all these down and i didn't i it's my
1: Um, fault so earth 44 first appeared in final crisis 7 i think this is the one with um the robot versions yeah this is the justice league metalman earth
2: oh yeah yep okay so i guess on this earth
1: (laughs) yeah so i guess on this earth lex was just a just a s- simple cobbler <laughs> um earth 13 i know just, uh is the magic earth mm-hmm. um the one with like super demon and all of that stuff
2: yep the camelot earth yeah yeah
1: yep uh 47 47 eight. is the is the hippie
2: like yes. lex because lex, lex is like a hipster uh yeah, nat- natural foods guy in this.
1: Yeah, yeah, blending up the Black Mercy and micro dosing, micro dosing Black Mercy. Yeah, yeah. Cool. and having all these visions of him as a as a superhero.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: he absolutely he absolutely is like oiling that beard and mustache up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Net with beard oils, and he smells like patchouli. I'm sure.
0: The whole idea of micro dosing Black Mercy is one of the best things I've read in a comic this year, though. Yeah, it, oh, it, totally. It that whole this whole scene was great. That this version of Lex was great, and I love the stuff
2: that he says to uh, Apex Predator Lex. Like all of that, it just hits home so hard, you know. Yeah. Like it rings so true, and then he gets basically decimated for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and then we get to the end, so. I want you guys, since I've talked so much, to talk about uh, anything. Have at it. Give, give your thoughts on the issue. Vince, go ahead.
2: I mean, we, we, set, we set everything up to the end, I think, that I want to say. Other than the, uh, the Hitch art is really great all the way through. It's an oversized issue, so that's great. Um, Latour just gets so many voices of Luther and all the different... Earth's just knocks it out of the park. Really, great stuff. And then you get this ending, which so it shows Apex Lex with this young version of Lex in like a like a like a sleeping tank or a cryo tank or, or I don't know what you want to call it, but in some sort of pod with a Black Mercy like wrapped around. Him and a little uh, screen says Luther Lex human DNA backup 1.0. So to, to me, what this is telling us is that this is how Apex Predator Lex is going to end at some point, and this is how like regular yes. Lex is going to come back, you know? Absolutely, but I don't the the Black Mercy thing is throwing me off because then is this. I think is this entire issue meant to be like the fever dream of this mini Lex who's just waiting in incubation?
1: That's what I wondered. But also what confuses me about that is specifically the Earth One scene. Right.
2: Or is it before you expand on that? Or is it Apex Lex's way of sedating this Luthor backup until he leaves? But anyway, right. go, go go with what you were going to say about Earth-1.
1: Well, so like in Earth-1, that's where we first see the Black Mercy show up in the issue. Right. And this narrator is talking about how this Earth-Luther used Black Mercy to make Superman relive Krypton and then take it away from him again. And Apex Lex is uh, just kind of like perplexed and, and even kind of angry at why... He this Lex would take the time to do that, and then, then it seems like he he reads his mind or or something or or has a moment of revelation, and thanks him, and then they leave. Mm-hmm. And I I don't get that. I feel like I'm missing
0: something. Well, can, can I can I tell you my reading of it? Sure. So uh, my reading of it is that on Earth-1, Lex basically realized that the only way to beat Superman was to that – that he couldn't ever actually beat Superman, right? He had to find a way to defeat Superman that didn't involve him actually defeating Superman. And he basically did it by, by showing Superman a, a better version of his own life. And basically showing him that no matter what you do, you can never get back to that. And it broke Superman of his, to a certain degree, degree his his ambition or his, his mission or whatever. And I feel like giving, putting this black mercy on, on young Lex, he's letting Lex do all of the sort of villainous, evil things that he wants in his head so that when he comes out of this, he's disappointed he doesn't have all of those... he hasn't done all of those things, and then will set out to do those things. Does that make sense? It's like like setting him up with the tools to be as ruthless as he can be. But he's not...
1: it doesn't seem like he's planning on using this Lex for that. It seems like he's using him as, like, genetic stock.
0: Right, but, but I think the idea is that if Apex Lex fails... He'll upload his consciousness okay. into this guy, and this guy is primed and ready to go. Damn, this is like powers of ten. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny because I, I the next book we talk about, I think, also has some very x men qualities to it. Um, but yes, that's sort of what I felt here. And I also think that it's very interesting that the last time that we had a Luthor that was presumed dead was right around the time of Death of Superman. And that's when there was Alexander Luthor II, who mm-hmm. was like the clone of Luthor who was younger with red hair and the beard. Yep. And, and this seems to be essentially setting up that then Luthor after this... When this Luthor, you know, stops oh, being man. Apex Lex, we're getting young Luthor again. We're getting stupid sexy Luthor. We are. Much like we got super sexy dark side. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Just
2: what I wanted.
1: Exactly. Um, this was a really great comic, and yeah, do uh, this is a week of comics of, of people who do not typically do DC work very often anymore. Um, Lemire and Latour. I don't know that Latour has ever actually done very much DC work, but uh, a fine case to get both of them
0: more consistent work. And it's interesting because this uh, these Year of the Villain tie-ins have have seemed to have seemed to be a place where DC is slotting in some new blood or some folks who haven't done work in a while. Like Paul Jenkins did that one Mm -hmm. issue. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw Cena Grace is doing one in November. I think he's doing like the Mm,
1: infected issue, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's doing yeah for, I think blue beetle,
0: maybe, maybe. Yeah. But just like they're using this as a good excuse to bring in new blood, which is awesome. Yeah. If we have to get these million tie-in issues, I'd rather them be as interesting, well-crafted and uh, you know, and done by a, a solid creator like this one is.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's saying something that this is a a tie-in issue, but I think it's my second favorite issue of the week, so
2: Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Can I can I tell you about uh Jason Latour's pe- previous DC work?
1: Please do. Please,
2: yeah. He was an inker on one issue of Scalped. Okay. And he was an artist that worked on every issue of the Django Unchained yes. adaptation.
0: Yes. Which Man. I, I
2: never would have guessed in a million years. And that's it. Wow. So get him back in here for some more work, I say.
0: He did um, you know, that second half of the Wolverine and the X Men over mm-hmm. at Marvel. And then he did a Winter Soldier comic mm-hmm. that, w- that mm-hmm. was like the espionage Bucky comic. Um, yeah, he's great. And then Southern Bastards, which Vince still hasn't read. Right, I haven't. I need I
2: need to fix that, I think. Yes, you do.
0: Well, that brings us to hands down my favorite comic of the week. Zach, you with me in this?
1: Same, yeah, I'm with you on this. Yeah, Vince, you with me on this?
2: I I think after our discussion, it's actually the Lex Luthor issue for me.
0: Okay, well let's see if it's. Well, this I'm gonna he, I'm man.
1: gonna go a big step further on this. Go for I, it. I I think this this is the best issue of Bendis' Superman anything yet.
0: Is I there... might agree with that. Yeah, this is Superman number fifteen, written by Brian Bendis, illustrated by Ivan Reyes. What an issue of Superman this is. Very heartwarming. This does everything that I want a Superman comic to do. First of all, we have to start at the beginning of Superman hugging Adam Strange. (laughs) I loved that so much. Mm -hmm. I feel like so many times we get stoic Superman and not sweet Superman. And him him hugging Adam Strange was just such a small little reminder that Superman is the most caring person in the DC Universe. He's a sweet boy. He's a sweet <laughs> boy. But, I mean, it's also, so much happens in this issue.
1: So much. Like, ending of major Rebirth plot threads here. Yes.
0: Which one do you want to tackle first?
1: Well, do you want to just like go through in order, or, or how do you want to how do you well, want to do this? The story's
0: not really told in order.
1: It's not really. You're right. It's not. I mean, well, then do you want to just talk about Jarell? Well,
0: let's let's leave Jarell. No, I guess we can't. I guess we have to talk about Jarell before, before the other stuff.
1: Well, that's kind of what I thought because I also want to talk about like Zod and stuff, but yeah. Um... So. <laughs> Jurell Jir- Jir- goes
0: back to his home planet. draw Jir- 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 died Jir- Jir- on the way back bougie. to his home planet, yeah. <laughs>
2: he literally did. Yes. Not on not on the way back, but shortly after.
1: <laughs> right, right. That's for sure. But honestly, I would never I would never have pegged this. I I could not have predicted this, but it's honestly probably the like most fitting end for this version of the character. Oh,
2: it's it's it perfectly closes the the weird loop that Jurgens opened. <laughs>
1: Yes. yes well really you know. yeah well yeah i guess it was yeah Jurgens and yeah no it was all jergens I it guess. was
2: Jurgens. yeah i guess
1: <laughs> well like john john's introduced mr oz he I, did but um
0: but I but i forgot john's introduced him sorry yeah
1: no yeah yeah right i know um but like Weirdly touching too, like that scene. Oh yeah, pitch perfect. It was so good. Um, I I'm very I'm glad that that character is gone. I don't think that Bendis could have done anything more with him. I think I think his potential was used up well before this. But this was a uh, th- this ending exceeded the the like sum of the characters publication history you know yes mm-hmm. yeah and that's really saying something
0: yeah i mean one of the things that i thought was so brilliant about this was this doesn't in any way invalidate any of the Jurgen stories it keeps all of that intact, but it also lets it lets DC move on without letting I mean this basically is the end of the Poochie story because if you recall, there's a signed affidavit on the Crest the Clown show that Poochie will never come back. And uh, basically like by by sending Jorel back and killing him, you really have closed that loop forever, right?
2: Well, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, nothing's forever in but... comics
0: forever, like you know, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah,
2: yes, yes. Um, this is this is final as far as Bendis is concerned, Yes. Sure. yeah.
0: Um,
1: I, I don't know if this is actually Rip Hunter, but there is like a time police guy with his bubble getting there in that panel ready to take Jarrell back to Krypton, mm. which is like such a great touch, yes. Um, and also, we get you know the the Christopher Reeve Superman movie, uh, prison ring, and the mm-hmm. and the floating heads. I, I love when I love when comics does that.
0: Yeah, and even like the message that old Jarell gives to young Jarell. Which is he does it, he brings the universe together. He does it. That's a really mm-hmm. beautiful way to end that story.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. It it lands it in a in a way that I would have never expected.
2: And young Jarel just goes, What the fuck?
1: Well, yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Kind of a nice Brandon Brandon Peterson nut face. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 <laughs> uh you know, we've often said that we've seen the pearls hitting the pavement enough times, and we've <laughs> seen Krypton blow up enough times, but it, it this was just such a different take on that.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And completely unexpected.
0: Yes, agreed. Um, So let's quickly talk Legion and then talk Zod. Mm-hmm. There's not that much to say about the Legion, but... You know, we...
1: real quick, I saw something that before we move on, I wanted to point out on sure. page 12 of the PDF mm-hmm. um, Clark and uh, Kara, the face they're making reminds me of the meme of Muller without a shirt on with his arms
3: crossed.
2: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mean Robert Morrow, right? <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's great. Now we can talk about Legion.
0: Okay. Um, I mean, just that you know, the Legion basically says, "Come visit the 31st century," to John, <laughs> and if you want to live there, you can. Um, but you know, but come visit. We'll come get you tomorrow. And it sets up John talking to Damien about this next issue, which is going to be so great mm-hmm very excited about that a little bit um yeah
1: also this is like the third or fourth time we've had a big legion splash page and it's still
0: fun every time do we think that bendis will do something significant with all those legionnaires that's a there's a lot there it is a lot
2: i mean i think there's gonna be i i think he's gonna have his favorites you know mm, yeah He'll probably, he'll probably consistently write like a dozen of them, and, and the rest will be background fodder.
0: One of the things I have to say about Bendis coming to DC is it was very easy to see this as a temporary stopover in what has become one of the most defining Marvel careers of late. But with every issue he does, it seems like he really wants to be at DC for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's really digging his heels in, and saying, "I have all this story to tell," and that's exciting, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. definitely.
2: Is. I'm. I mean, there's been a misstep here and there, as far as I'm concerned. Not, not many, and yet I'm still excited for. You know, if every book that gets announced for Bendis, every upcoming storyline, I still have excitement and interest yeah. for. Uh, Even knowing that there's going to be some stuff along the way that's not to my taste.
0: By the way, have you heard the latest uh, rumor? Uh, Lay it on me. That um, the next Batman creative team is Bendis and Malib spinning out of Event Leviathan.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: I don't know how he's going to be doing Superman and Batman and the Legion and all the Jinx World stuff.
1: Oh, he regularly wrote like five or six dc books
0: yeah oh I marvel mean, I, books
1: yeah marvel i books. mean
0: marvel yeah i meant marvel books yeah uh, i could see oh. him beginning to wrap up his superman story though or at least this superman story i honestly could yeah. too
1: yeah I, yeah I
0: think i could
1: see that too
2: i can see that yeah uh J- james johnston said that uh christopher priest should be the next batman writer and i have to say i agree
1: yeah, uh, i don't know i didn't with- like i didn't like batman arkham you know or Deathstroke Arkham.
2: <laughs> well, you're wrong.
1: We also we no. Haven't... I liked Deathstroke Arkham. I didn't like the whatever the Batman Deathstroke crossover yeah, thing was. You're still wrong.
0: You're still wrong. <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> oh. we should mention that the Death ending with number fifty. Yeah. In December, which is a Man, which is a poor, huge poor bummer. One out. Huge. But I mean, I have to say, it seems like Priest is telling the story he wants to tell. Yeah. And Maybe this is the end of that planned story. Not, not many runs make it to fifty issues, and especially not a single issue of that run was written by anybody else. Mm-hmm. No fill-ins there for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, with multiple crossovers too.
0: Yes, yeah, with the crossovers, I think it's something like sixty issues, mm-hmm. because there was uh the, the the terminus agenda. There was the um Lazarus, not pro- Judas. The Yeah, Lazarus, Lazarus. contract. And there was um, one more, I think. Um, Plus, like annuals and the rebirth special. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is, it will make a fine omnibus on my shelf next year. Uh, it'll be <laughs>
1: beautiful.
0: I can't wait for it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let, let's talk. Let's talk Zod here, because <sighs> this stuff was so well done, and this reminds me so much of the. Xavier Magneto relationship.
2: Mm, yes.
0: Yep. Even just like Zod going after reparations seems like a very Magneto thing to do. Yeah. Um, and Zod basically saying he's going to try it Clark's way. You know, it 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 was really, I thought this was a beautiful sequence.
1: I thought so too. Yeah, it hit hit all the it hit all the buttons, you know. (laughs) They said new new Krypton like five times. He did
2: say new Krypton new Krypton. Yeah, and I I could oh man, Zach, I could hear you cackling.
0: Well, that's what I was referencing miles away. Yeah, that's what I was referencing before. Is that like this is this is winking back to the new Krypton storyline, but we're never gonna get another new Krypton. I don't think not in the way we did before.
2: Not in the way we did before, but I, but I could see somebody in the back, whether it's Bendis or the next writer, doing little things in the background to build a Zod building new Krypton story.
1: And I guarantee we will see a new Krypton in Legion.
2: Oh, oh. you're the best. Zach. You're just yeah. you're such a thinker. I'm just some dunce reading these comics and going, oh, clapping like a seal at the things that I like. (laughs) (laughs) You're a a real thinker, Zach. Yeah.
0: Um, But there are a couple lines of dialogue I just wanted to to point out here. So um, Zod says, my family will lay the foundation. Of course, yours is more than welcome to join us at any time. That seems like the warmest thing any iteration of Zod has ever said.
2: <laughs> well, he's forming a polycule. So <laughs> Zod's poly now.
0: Uh, I should have seen that coming. Um, but I also love this line so much when Clark said, don't abuse it. And Zod says, your trust. And he says, the name of Krypton.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then he says, let's do better than our fathers. Great line. Yeah.
2: Good stuff. Good stuff. See, see this is Bendis dialogue at its best. Nothing here is trying to be too cute, you know? I oh man. There's like cute Bendis and then there's this where he's actually like nailing a conversation between two people.
0: Yes. Yeah. This is one of the best Superman single issues. Of the Rebirth era. Yeah. You're here. Man. I have turned into such a Bendis mark. <laughs> I I think like, uh,
1: I mean, we've talked about this before. There are kind of three pillars of the DCU right now. There's like the Bendis pillar, the, the Snyder-Tynion pillar... I don't. I don't even know if you could call King a pillar anymore. King's not a pillar. No, he's, he's not. not a pillar and that, anymore. And that's
2: not just. That's just not because he's not to our taste. It's just that
0: his Batman is fairly self-contained. Yeah, his stuff isn't touching enough other things. Yeah, I think
1: he, it. I think at one time he was kind of being positioned as a pillar, though. Sure,
2: sure. That, that's what Heroes in Crisis.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that and that was kind of a disaster. So. So that's toppled but and and like I don't foresee There's the Didio pillar. There it is. Boom. There. Okay, fine. Yeah, sure, sure. The Tempest Huguenot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> pillar. I I mean like I don't know how much longer Snyder will be interested in kind of like shepherding the DCU. Yeah. But it very much feels like I mean Bendis is just getting started.
2: Mhm. Oh yeah, yeah. If if Snyder's not interested in that, Bendis will gladly write the next Crisis.
1: <laughs> yes. You know? Oh, Bendis is gonna get a Crisis. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it'll be like a Crisis in Name too.
2: Oh, for sure. It yes, it'll be the follow up to Final Crisis.
1: Yeah.
2: Or or if I, well, I guess. Yeah. Yes, that was the last one in name. Uh, yeah. Heroes,
0: the... Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> sure.
2: <laughs> sure, sure, sure even though they refer to flashpoint as a crisis don't they they do and
1: and dark uh
0: <laughs> and dark, and and metal detonates.
2: yeah Yeah. what would bendis's crisis be what, would,
0: what to would it be called i'm trying to think of it here the whole time um it would be called uh, <laughs> what nah, never mind no no <laughs> nah, i was gonna I, I... you gotta say
2: it it would be called crisis with a question mark and then cri- <laughs> and then crisis with a period yes crisis 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 yeah. Crisis. That, that's that's what
1: it's
0: called. Breakfast crisis. Uh,
1: the, the seven crises it ends with just crisis time written eight times.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with we different established... punctuation
1: after each one. Yeah. Have
0: we established what those seven crises are? I've mean, talked about this before, but have I we think
1: ends? it was in something.
2: It was. It was in one of the editorial or one of the um, title pages, I believe. To uh, one of Bendis's books, you know, he's been doing those title pages that have like the infographics on them. The, the like, uh, dime store Hickman pages. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. All right. So I I found Um, it here. So, uh, it says, um, so the first one is, uh, the infinite earth crisis, which is crisis in infinite earths. Obviously next one is the crisis in time, which is zero hour. Yep. Uh, then uh, Infinite Crisis, obviously the Final Crisis. And I have to click through to a second page of a CBR article because fuck my life. Uh The Convergence... Exclusive. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Uh The Flashpoint Crisis. Uh-huh. The Convergence Crisis. Yep. And the Dark Multiverse Crisis. And the crisis. Dark Multiverse yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: So, like, the two murder mystery ones don't count. Um... They're not really crises, right? Crises.
1: Love that convergence, though. Yeah. Yes.
2: Well, I you genuinely
1: know, do. I genuinely do. I mean, it it is it deserves it. I think
2: it is. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know that it was all that great to read, oh, right. but the ra- the the ramifications of it were crisis
1: level. Yeah, and I mean, I've never read Zero <laughs> Hour, but I don't. I mean... Baby, let's it, talk. <laughs> is it good? No. Okay, so so there is precedent for a... not for, a great... For a bad
0: crisis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Zero Hour is, is essentially like uh, the back of the napkin math on trying to solve why things are broken. Like, how can we get around the fact there's 11 Hawkmen? Oh, let's just try this. Like, it's it's all just... It's all very poorly put together, but... I think that the sign of a real crisis is what comes out of the crisis afterwards. And after Zero Hour, you had Starman, Powers of Shazam, Damage, Hitman, like all these books that spun. Yeah, had a whole Legion reboot. Yeah, not necessarily spinning out of that event, but like that Zero Hour set the tone that there was going to be all this new stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, like everything that we really love about DC that was happening at the time of infinite crisis was set up by zero hour.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. You know, you, you can connect the pieces where like, you know, in zero hour is when the justice society got aged. So they were like, they were all still young as of the beginning of zero hour. Cause they had been like, infected by something or protected by a spell or something and that all gets undone and a bunch of them die in zero hour and the ones that remain except for alan scott who's i guess not there when it happens everybody else ages up to like being in their 70s and so that's what leads to eventually the creation of the new jsa that's what leads to ted knight giving the reins to David and then to Jack Knight for Starman. That's what leads to, uh, you know, so many things happen sort of in that corner of the DCU because of that. So it's just, it really does set up so much. Even if it's not a great event in itself, it did a lot of really important things. So, yes. I think Convergence did, I mean, Convergence is, is... was ultimately the first piece in the rebirth block
1: uh yeah it laid the threads for the superman stuff it
0: which is john kent
1: yeah exactly yeah um oh man you're going you're going deep here yeah yeah no it definitely was
0: yeah when do we think we'll get that next crisis I'm gonna. I
1: I wouldn't be surprised if it was like next summer.
0: Well, next summer would be the 35th anniversary of Crisis. There you the go. Earths. That's it. Uh, there so you that, go. That seems that's kinda, like that's the logical time for it to happen. Yeah,
1: I I think that's
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. Cry- Crisis on 52 Earths. That's what it's gonna be called.
0: I really think that one of the things that Bendis is going to want to do is to eliminate the 52 earths and go back to a true multiverse. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like kind of funny because we are we sort
1: of are getting there anyway. Because of the dark
0: multiverse and all that. Yeah, dark multiverse, hypertime
1: is back.
0: Right. Um Well, I just feel we're like... kind do... of already there. Yeah, the reason I'm saying this is I feel like what Bendis has been doing at DC the whole time is doing the stuff he couldn't do at Marvel cuz Marvel doesn't have Oh, guys. The equivalent.
2: Yep. Hypercrisis. Hypercrisis. There it there is. There you go.
1: Wasn't there. that the like potential like Mark Wade?
2: Yeah, crisis. Yep. You can read some wild fan theories online
0: if you want to about that. Yeah. Oh, man. But what I was saying is I feel like Bendis likes to do all the things that DC he couldn't do at Marvel. And I feel like a multiverse is just way more of a DC thing. I know there is a Marvel multiverse, but they don't use it in even close to the same way DC does. Yeah. So. Anyway, that does it for another installment of the DC3 cast. But before we go, and you guys don't know this, but uh, we actually have, we got a really nice email this week. Um, Oh, boy. No, no, I'm, I'm not being sarcastic at all. There's a guy that I have interacted with on Twitter whose name is Chad Deach. and uh, his wife sent me an email and said that uh, he's a huge fan of our show. And all that... he
2: does is listen to your show all goddamn day. <laughs> no,
0: no, no, no. And uh, this January, he is retiring after 20 years in the Air Force. And so she asked us to just wish him well on his uh, retirement and say congratulations. So I'm happy to do that. Congratulations, Chad.
1: Yeah, congrats. Enjoy your Yeah, enjoy your your retirement by uh listening to us Yatzes and and reading comics.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I hope you're treated well wherever you go and uh and I oh, man, that guy must have seen some things. Like you when in the Air Force you said? Yes. So is it like uh Uh, like when Superman joined the Navy, do you get to see the world and (laughs) meet the mermaids, meet the mermaids, meet meet the sky mermaids,
0: Chad's wife. Don't listen to this, Chad. (laughs) Did you meet sky mermaids?
2: (laughs) I hope Chad has at least uh, listened to the, uh, frank miller superman year one episode so that we don't sound like total fools
1: <laughs> yeah i mean we probably still do
2: <laughs> yeah. well say.
1: congratulations chad yeah
2: sincerely. congratulations and thank you for listening and yes yes and, and thank well, you Pamela, his wife
0: for re- reaching out it's uh it's it's touching that people give a shit enough about us to want us to wish them their loved ones uh, a nice message so thank that means a lot to us too thank you very much um, Vinci do you have next week's comics pulled up
2: I do um, okay. you know, we, should, we
0: should do our list I'm sorry why are you getting that ready let me do the list quickly here uh, on the good list is Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen on the okay list is Supergirl on the bad list is Batman thank god we did to talk about that on the Sandman universe list is Lucifer on the vertigo list is high level maybe the last time on the vertigo list was that is that the final vertigo book I think it might be I think be. it is i we'll be retiring the Vertical list for a few years here. Um, on the Jurgens list is Nightwing. On the Beware the Creeper list is Flash Forward. And the Walmart list is Titans Burning Rage. So what comes out next week? All right. Oh, huge week, you guys. Uh, Action
2: 1015. Batgirl 39. Batman Beyond 36. Curse of the White Knight number three. Um, the Batman Nightwalker graphic novel. Comes out. Oh, uh, Bat- the, yeah, the DC inc one. Yeah, yep. Batman Superman number two. Uh, Books of Magic twelve. Mm, Detective Comics one thousand twelve. Dial H for Hero seven. Flash seventy nine. Freedom Fighters nine. Harleen number one. The Sufian Stevens uh, <laughs> joint. Uh, I <It> mean,
0: <laughs> Stepan Sayik. Don't don't <laughs> think. Yeah. Don't think there's gonna be a uh, a wistful love song. About, uh, about, you know, Harley Quinn's, uh, childhood or something. Although we, uh, he dressed up like a clown for her, you know? He did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one time when she was three or maybe four, uh, the Joker left her at, I don't know, something. There at the, go. at the, at the, at the, um, the joke store where he gets uh, his,
2: like, uh, <laughs> horns and shit. At the novelty store? There we go. <laughs> yeah, the there you go. Store. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Justice League Dark, number 15.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Red Hood Outlaw, number 38. The first of the now available at your local comic book shop, uh, Giant Issues, no longer Walmart exclusive. First one is going to be your Scooby-Doo
0: Giant, number one. 50th anniversary giant. This is the week it's... Scooby-Doo turns 50. Oh. Congr- congratulations to Scooby-Doo. Yeah, Scooby-Doo. Uh... Most dogs don't live that long. <laughs> Five years away from AARP, <laughs> Arp. <Yeah>. Um... <laughs> it's a dumb fucking joke. I love. Yeah,
2: I know it's so stupid. Uh, the secrets, the secret spiral of Swamp Kid, the Zoom. Yeah, I'm excited look...
0: for that. Yeah, yeah,
2: that looks great. Uh, Shazam number seven. Is this real? Can it this is. Real? It
0: is real. But they've canceled eight and nine to be resolicited at another date. So this is the last Shazam Which, we're probably ever getting. I think. Oh, I think
1: eight got. Eight did get resolicited for December.
0: Oh okay. I okay. Think.
2: Right. Right up there with Watchmen or uh, Doomsday Clock number twelve. Yeah. Right?
1: Exactly. It, yes. Yeah. Uh.
2: Terrifics number twenty, and finally Wonder Woman number seventy-nine.
0: A lot of comics to read there.
2: A lot of comics.
0: Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find two thirds of us on Twitter. I am at Brian needs a Nap.
1: Oh yeah, and I'm at Walter Fox. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: if you
2: need to Zach fi- was still thinking about my Scooby Doo joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, if you need to find Vince online. He's, he's tough to find. You can't always find them, you know, in the traditional ways. However, if you, uh, if you go to the 37th issue of invasion, you can see <laughs> a very young Vince Ostrowski, uh, wearing a Packers Jersey and, uh, trying desperately to be noticed by his, uh, his superhero pals. So <laughs> yeah, look very carefully in the background there. You can find him in there. Yeah. Uh, until next time, we appreciate you guys listening and, uh, Oh, I guess next week. In addition to all these comics, we're doing Sufjan chat. So, <laughs> I was not lying. No, dude, Harleen and Super and Sufjan in one place. So, yep. get ready for some Sufjan hot takes. And uh, talk to you guys soon.
3: Bye. <laughs>
1: I don't know if I've told you guys, she is uh, training, she's been training to become a doula. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I didn't know yeah, yeah. D- so Duella Dent? Yes, Duella Dent. The uh,
0: Joker's, Joker's freaking
3: daughter? I'm uh, married to the Joker's daughter. Uh... <laughs> wow, that's fucking twisted.